righty. Everybody good? Good. Thank you, Lord. I want to read something. How many people have read the, uh, the book of Daniel lately? Uh, yeah, not lately. You should read it. It's good good uh, information in that book about what's going on in, this, in the world today. It really is. And especially Daniel 7. And I want to talk to you about one thing in particular. I got this, It won't be long. Man, that was great, I thought, this morning. Isn't that good? I just love it. Yeah. All right, Daniel 7, 9 through 10. I want to read this. It says, uh, I kept looking. Now, this is Daniel having these visionary experiences or dreams, uh, night dreams or night visions. I think they actually call it Daniel 7. has a bunch of them. Uh, he said, I kept looking until thrones were set up. Now, this is, I really want to emphasize the word he said, I kept looking. See, lots of times God begins to release something in terms of vision, something going on in the spiritual realm, and we disconnect. We start thinking about, you know, we, we, maybe we get distracted or whatever. But Daniel, if you read this chapter, several times he kept pressing into it of what God was doing. Several times he, would pr- kept, he just kept pressing in to see what was happening. And that's really sort of the heart that God wants us to have about the supernatural realm. He wants us to press in because there's more. And uh, he's, in this particular thing, he said, I kept looking this, until thrones were set up and the Ancient of Days took his seat. That's a powerful guy, the Ancient of Days, right? His vesture, which was his clothing, was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. So God has a throne that actually has wheels on it, believe it or not. That's crazy, isn't it? I'm telling you, God has some crazy stuff up there in heaven. He's got this fiery throne and got wheels on this throne. I guess he rolls it around. I don't know what he does. I mean, what else are you going to use wheels for? Uh, the chariot, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Now listen to this. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Everybody say river of fire. And thousands upon thousands were attending him and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court set and the books were open. So that's really what God is releasing in the earth today, I believe, is we are coming to a time where the river of fire is is beginning to be released into the earth realm. This, and, and, and that's, that's where you find the river of fire in, in the book of Daniel. Now, you know that the river of fire represents the Holy Spirit. You know, and the Holy Spirit is represented in the Bible by many different forms, like a dove, like oil, like uh, wa- water out of your bellies will flow rivers of living waters. There's wind is another good one, and if you like the wind. So there's lots of different ways. Uh, but now I believe God wants to begin to release the river of fire. Amen. Now, here's why I'm telling this. I'm going to tell you this. One thing that God is interested in right now with His people is teaching us about how to be a witness. Okay, that's important to God, is being a witness. And a witness is somebody who has seen something, experienced something, or heard something firsthand. Now, that's the, that's the key is it's got to be firsthand. It can't be secondhand. You can't just go on what somebody else has experienced, seen, or heard. You really can't. When it really, really comes down to it, and really all you and I really have of any true spiritual value is what we ourselves have known from the Lord on a personal level. Amen? So God's really interested in releasing us into a place of being real witnesses 
for him and to of him. And one of the witnesses I want to give this morning is about the river of fire. Okay? Because I have have experienced I experienced the river of fire in this church for the first time Wednesday night ever. And uh it was really good. I'm here to tell you, but it's 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 uh what happened to I me, mean, we just had a, just a tremendous time and then at the end I just wanted to soak soak in the in the Holy Ghost River. I thought I'm gonna just gonna soak a bit and just you know, get renewed in myself because I was physically tired. But when I got in that, when I started soaking, all of a sudden I saw this fire. I saw a river of fire. I didn't see the normal river. I, it was fire, and it was burning, and I was in that river. And then flames were just flowing over me, and it was really good. I'm telling you, it was really good. And, and I even double checked this morning to see if it was still here. And it's good news. The river of fire is is being released to us now. So I really encourage you to get in this river of fire. Now, someone, this is cool. Now, I love it when people ask me hard questions uh, because I was talking to somebody and I casually mentioned that to him and his question was, what good does that do you? <laughs> That's what he said to me. What good does that do you? And I wanted to share a little bit what good it does for us, these kinds of experiences. And I want to go back to my first experience with the fire of God because I had an experience with the fire of God in the mid-70s. And I wasn't a Christian when I had my first experience with the fire of God. This is what I was. I was, I, was a, I was basically a drug addict. I lived my life to do drugs. And I was a drunkard. And I was just an immoral person. That's how I basically lived my life. And somehow I know I was going to college and doing all that stuff at the same time. I don't know how I was doing it. But I was out one night doing all that stuff and not doing college work, by the way. <laughs> but uh, and I was out with this young lady and, and I was so intoxicated and so high that the world became a merry-go-round, okay? And I was starting to get nauseated, you know. I was getting motion sickness. And I prayed a simple prayer, oh, God, please help me, because I didn't want to throw up in the car, you know, and ruin the evening. That was my thinking. I was going to throw up and make a big mess all over this car, because was, I was really getting real sick. And this is what happened to me in that moment this fire came on me, and I went from being in that state to 100% sober and 100% in my right mind, and, and just in a moment's time. And it scared the fire out of me. <laughs> I'm talking about the bad fire. It, it was frightening to me because I didn't know what was, I didn't know if I was dying or what. I mean, it ruined the evening for me. I'll tell you that because I didn't know what to think about it. And and so I mean, that was it at that moment. You know, this fire was all over me. I was straight. I was so I was in my right mind. I was thinking, like, what in the world has happened to me? And but, but over the next two to three months, I don't remember exactly, this is what started happening in my life. I began to get a conviction in my heart. I began to start thinking about God. Okay? That's what started happening. I began to, I, I was still doing all the bad stuff, but in, in my mind there was this thought about God. And I literally began to read the Bible. And like most people who don't know much about the Bible, you would start at the very first of the Bible, right? Genesis. If you pick up a book, you're going to read it at the start. Most people do that. We don't read the Bible like that now, but, you know, we just read it wherever we're reading it. But that's where I started. It, you know, you read, start at the first. And I, and I read the first chapter of Genesis, and it was totally, uh, and I was, I was agreeing with what I was reading. God created the earth, blah, blah. But this question came into my mind. Okay, if you created that, where did you come from? And I had that question, where did God, who created you, God? And I literally, for, for two to three months, 
would spend hours asking, talking to God about where he came from and trying to search him out. Now, and I would catch myself doing that and think, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, I spent four hours praying and reading the Bible, and I'm not even a believer, you know. That was what was happening to me. And eventually I came to the point where I realized that God was speaking to my heart and God was calling me. And I gave my, gave my life to the Lord. I, wasn't in, I was at home in my apartment by myself, took all my drugs I had spent lots of money on. I had a refrigerator full of drinks, and I flushed it, poured it all out at that moment and gave my life to the Lord. So when that person asked me, what good is that doing? I'll tell you, this is what the fire of God is going to do to people. The fire of God is coming to, to purify people's minds. That's one of the things that God wants to do. I'm talking about believer, unbeliever. God wants to begin to purify our minds and begin to cause us to begin to see Him and know Him in a way we haven't known Him. Okay? And he wants to bring some conviction into the church. Now, that's what the fire will do. It will do that. It will bring some conviction in life. You've got sin in your life. If you're doing things you shouldn't do, if you're tempted and being pulled on things, when you step down in this river of fire, it's going to be, it may not do nothing at that moment. You just may enjoy it that moment. Wednesday night, I just enjoy it. But I realized that some thoughts started working on me and thinking, you know what? I'm getting too good. I don't like that. I'm, I don't want to get over on that edge with that. That's not a good thing. Now, that's what the fire starts doing to your mind. It gets you to think in the way God wants you to think. And it gets you to act in the way God wants you to act. And it gets you attracted to God and attracted to the spiritual realm. Amen? So, I mean, that's really... Here's one of the things that Jesus said. He said, Luke twelve forty nine. I have come to cast a fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. And the Lord, that fire he's talking about was not a fire of judgment. There is another fire that's a judgment fire that God's going to bring at some point in time. There is a, a negative fire. But God wants to release the, the fire of purification, the fire of passion, the fire of his love, the fire that changes us to the church. That's what, when we talk about revival, that's what revival really will do to a person. And that's what the fire of God will do. Last year, uh, in 2007, we went to a pastor's conference and received prophetic ministry, and the girls looked at me and said, you need to go and study fire in the Bible, because the Lord showed me that you're going to be a firebrand. He's going to use you to start fires. Then, in February of last year, we had, remember Kalani here, Kalani Glockler, the musician, you know, it was a great moment, man. I mean, I had this great experience with the Lord laying right about right here on the floor. This is my experience. I'm laying here. I'm just laying there soaking. Nothing really wonderful is happening on a spiritual plane. But then the Lord says to me this. He said, what you're doing is important. I'm laying on the floor. What I'm doing is important. <laughs> I mean, how can this be important, Lord? And then immediately I had a vision. And I was looking down on this church from the sky like I was up in an airplane. And I saw this church on fire. Just flames just shooting up to heaven. And then I looked to the left over in Kannapolis, I saw a church catch on fire over there. And I began to see churches everywhere. I began fires get shoot up. And I saw these churches, some of them, I saw us join with the church. Come, I put our fires together. And I saw churches all across this country. And then all of a sudden, it, it, I saw it was like I was looking at the map of the country. And I saw fires all over the United States. Churches, churches, churches on fire. These churches started coming together with the fire. Then I saw like a prairie fire run across this nation. I thought, man, that's God. 
That's what God wants to do. God wants to start a fire in this nation. He wants to bring a revival to the church, and He wants to bring a spiritual awakening to the United States of America. That's the, that's the dream. That's the goal. That's what we want to see happen. God wants to bring this fire. It's not a judgment fire. It's not a bad fire. It's God's fire that, that's good. And uh, I remember the first day the Lord moved here, the, everybody who was prophesying to me, you know, getting in my, you know, I had these women coming up to me, getting in my face, pointing their finger at me, preaching to me, telling me stuff like, Brian, I see you as a fire. You can't never go back to be the way you were before. You cannot do that. You've got to go out to the fire. That's, and they were just pounding away at me. I'm thinking, wow, they've turned the tables on me. <laughs> I was preaching to them. Now they're preaching to me. I don't know how to tell you who they were, but they were sort of real mild, quiet women. They ain't, they ain't so mild and quiet no more. So God wants to release this fire into, our, into this church. And I believe He's releasing the fire. I believe the river of fire is beginning to be released here. And no matter what you say about this stuff, and no matter what you feel about it, I don't really, 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 ultimately, I really don't care. This is what I care. I want to be a faithful witness. Okay? And that's what and I'm witnessing to you today. I'm telling you what I believe God has revealed to me. That's what I'm responsible to do. And Jesus even said this. I love this. I'm just doing this because I love this verse. Luke 12, 8. Anyone who confesses Christ before men, the Son of Man will confess Him also before the angels of God. You got that? Anyone who confesses Christ before men, the Son of Man, that's the Lord Himself, is going to confess us before the angels of God, before the very presence of God. I'm just declaring this morning that Jesus is up there saying to the angels, You hear that? That's the truth. He is declaring what He's heard and what He's seen. Now, I believe that's what being a witness is. And I believe that. I want my name mentioned in heaven. I don't know about you. How about you? Do you want your name mentioned in heaven? Well, that's how you do it. Whatever it is, whatever the truth is for you, whatever God has shown you, that's all you and I really have. Now, look over here in Luke 10. I want to show you this about what, hap- what can happen. Okay? In Luke 10, verse, is, is Jesus sends out 70 people. Okay? And we don't know who those 70 people are. They were just people, as far as we know. They were disciples. They were 70 people, but they were not apostles. Okay? They were not the apostles. They were just the average Christian people. Okay? They were the ordinary people. And that's really what God's trying to do in the earth. He was looking for 70 ordinary people at that point. Now, Now he's looking for a bunch of ordinary Christians. No name, no brand Christians. So it's a good day to be ordinary. You know what I'm saying? It really is a good day to be an ordinary person because those are the people God's looking for. And he sent them out and told them to preach the gospel of the kingdom and heal the sick. That's what he told them. He gave them a few other instructions, and they went and did it. How many people in here are ordinary? Raise your hand. It's a good day to be ordinary, man. You're fixing to get in on something good. And, said, and this, the 70 returned with joy. And my, this is what I love about this. My Bible, the, the, the name, the title it has over these verses... It's the happy results. Okay, God's going to bring some happy results in the earth. That's what He's out to do in our lives. He wants to bring some happy results. Okay, how would you like to have some happy results? 
I mean, that's a good thing. So they returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, now this is the fire, okay? When the fire of God comes on the people of God, and the people of God begin to do what God's called them to do, the, that, means, that means something's going to happen. And it says, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Okay? Now this is what this means. When you and I begin to do what God's called us to do, and we begin to get true to the thing that God's put in us, Satan is going to be pulled down from his place over our lives. You hear that? Yeah. Now, listen, this is, a de- this is a dirty, rotten trick. How would you... Does anybody here have some financial issues in their life? How would you like to pull Satan down off those financial issues? Yeah. Now, see, y'all, everybody wants that. I mean, I'm just telling you, that's an, I'm giving you the old preacher's trick. If you want to get people interested in what you're talking about, tell them how they can get their finances fixed. They'll just fall for that one, hook, line, and sinker. Well, of course we should. But think about it, relationally. How would you like to pull Satan down relationally in your life? Just pull him slam down. Pull him down over your church. Pull him down over your family. Pull him down over your city. Pull him down over wherever you go. Pull him down over South Africa. Pull him down over Argentina. Pull him down over South Carolina. God has called the church to do that. And God wants to bring us into the fire. That's what happened. They saw Elijah's called the fire down. Okay? And when the fire fell, guess what the people did? We're serving the Lord. And the, the prophets of Baal were immediately killed and destroyed because the fire fell. And when the fire fell, the enemy falls. And that's what I'm saying to you. When the fire falls, the enemy falls. When the, God releases His fire on people, the enemy's... I hate to say this because I know a lot of people really don't I don't really know what a lot of people think I love that song that that Hillsong uh, wrote and that got that guy down in, in uh, Lakeland has just wore out called The Enemy's Been Defeated and every time they sing that song I just get tickled I don't know what it is I just get so happy when I hear that song the, yeah it's The Enemy's Been Defeated Death couldn't hold you down I'm going to lift my voice and in victory, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make your praise. And they're singing that song because the devil is being ripped down over people's lives. It's, it's the fire of God coming, and I just love that. I can't help it. I've heard it 900 times. I can hear it 900 more times. And the reason I can hear it 900 is because I am we're seeing the enemy being pulled down in lives, and that's what God wants to do. That's the happy results. And he said, uh, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. That's being demonic manifestations of, you know, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you. Now, he tells us, this is what you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Now, mark that. Rejoice. This is a relational word. Right there. God is saying there's a relationship thing. This is what, on April the 2nd, I went to the beach. Becky and I went to the beach, and we were there. I was there to rest and enjoy Becky and whatever else we do, you know, when you're at the beach. But I also was there to talk to God. And I said, Lord, what do you want? What, what do you want from me? And this is what he said. He said, Byron, I want a relationship with you. That's all I want. I want a relationship. And he went on and said to me, listen, I'm looking for people that I can promote into friendship. 
I'm looking for people who will, I can promote them into friendship. That's what God wants. He's saying, I'm releasing this anointing for relationships in this church. And he told me this, listen, make sure your relationships on this plane are right. Because if they ain't right here, they ain't right there. Now, y'all got that? If your relationships ain't right here, as far as on your part, they ain't going to be right with that. And that's what he told me. Get, make sure your relationships are right. I want to come back to that in just a minute. Uh, well, let me just do that. Let's, let's just read that, John fifteen fourteen through 15. And this is what he said. Uh, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what the master is doing. See, that's where God wants to get us out of that. He wants to get us out of the slave deal. But I've called you friends. For all things I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. See, God's looking for friendship. God's looking for people He can talk to about what's on His heart. He wants to tell people about stuff. He wants to tell people about what He's doing in the earth. He wants to tell get people because He wants people in on it. Okay? He's looking for people who will say, I want to be your friend. I want to have this relationship of friendship with you. I don't want to just be somebody serving you and working away at pleasing you and all that stuff. And all, you know, I want, He's saying, I want somebody that I can say, this is my friend. And I'm going to talk to my friend about what the Father's saying. That's a pretty powerful thing. And I asked him, well, how do you be friends, Lord? Tell me about how to be friends. I don't know how to be a friend, Lord. He said this, just do what I ask you to do. That's all. Just do. Don't do anything else. Do, do I don't need to make a sacrifice here. No, you don't need to make a sacrifice. If I ask you to do something, do that. And don't let people talk you out of it. And don't back down and cower away from people. That was how he was speaking to me because I suffer with that. Being afraid of things. I get y'all, y'all might not. And this is, so I, I want you to get that. I want you to know this. this. That's one of the things the Lord said He wanted for our church, is relationships. I'll go ahead and tell you the other two. I want to finish this other thing about the fire, though, because the fire brings us. The other two things He said to me is, is I'm going to release creativity into this church. Okay? Now, here's the way it really is. The creativity is already here. He just wants to activate the creativity that's inside of us. And this is what happened to me. He told me that. There was this lady here, the daddy's girl, that I snuck in on. The daddy's girl's conference. I snuck in because I wasn't a girl. But I figured it's daddy's. I can be in on daddy's stuff. I tell her, I'm just here, you know, just in case something breaks. <laughs> you know? I'm a usher. I'm taking care of you. There was this lady here who was an artist. And she set up a thing over there. I watched this woman all day. I was just like totally glued in on this woman, watching her paint this picture of this tree. Watch her just bring it from scratch. And it was just like ministering to me big time. And after it was over with, you know, doing the, later on in the afternoon, whenever, I went out, she was out there, and I said, you know what, I, I really want you to pray for me. Because I believe God has creativity in me. I've always known it. In fact, that's why I was an engineer at one time in my life, because I had something in me that wanted to create. So 
So I said, will you just pray for me to help me get this because something has, has plugged it up. And I hate to say it, it's been the church that's plugged it up. It's plugged, I, was a, I was a creative person. I was successful when I was creative. And I became a pastor and, I, and it just slowly but surely over time just pressed down, pressed down. I feel like I'm not, there's no creativity flowing in me no more. That's not your fault, I'm just telling you. <laughs> you didn't do it. Anyway, this woman starts praying for me. And this woman just goes ballistic. I mean, she goes flat slam wild. I mean, it's one of those like, she's going wild, I'm sitting here, I don't feel nothing. Her arms vibrate, you know, like, you know, when you're praying for somebody, sometimes I'm like, dang, I hope you're getting this, because it's killing me. I've had that experience. I hope you're getting the fire, because I'm burning up. Please, God, do something. Get me out of this. I'm going to die if they don't get this. That's the way she was. You feel that? I said, no, but I believe God was doing something in my life. And the next week I was sitting there and I smelled something. It was a spiritual smell because you know what an old car smells like on the inside that's been sitting out in the field for a long time? Well, that smell took me back to a place in my childhood because we used to play in old cars. And I remember things about my childhood I totally forgot. I remember that I was a jewelry maker as a child, a little boy. I spent hours making stuff, creating jewelry. I had this whole, I don't want to tell you, man, all this jewelry I wore. I made I, I did copper jewelry I mean rings and bands and things and <laughs> stuff bracelets and and I was also a carver and it wasn't just get a stick and carve a point on it I would spend weeks carving spears and knives and guns I mean it was good it was good stuff I don't know what ever happened to all that stuff but I had forgot about that and I realized at that moment that God was trying to activate creativity in me. Okay? He was trying to make me come back to my creative roots. And see, everybody in this room is creative in some expressive way. And listen, it can be in any way. It can be, you can be creative and child-rearing. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have some creative thoughts how to raise kids? You know? I mean, if you're a mom, I guarantee you want. I'm just saying that God says He wants to activate creativity in people. Does anybody want that? I mean, that's a serious thing. He wants to really release relationships, creativity, and other things, vision. Because he wants to give people vision. He said, this is the way I want this church to work. I want this church to work through relationships, through a creative flow, and through vision. Looking and seeing what the Father's doing, moving in and having vision for what you're doing, not just doing stuff. That you have vision, you're going somewhere, there's a creativity in doing it, and it's built on relationships with the Lord, of course, first, and with each other. That's pretty good, I think. I mean, I'm thinking, that's good, Lord. I like that. You know, I don't know how it all works out in the natural, but, but it does work. But can I go back to Luke 10 and finish with this to tell you how to get this? Does anybody want to know how to get this? Because this is really important. He said in verse 21, and I'm not going to go jumping around. I about tore my leg up in the first service showing you how this... At that time, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit... Uh, years ago, a preacher did a, a word, detailed study on what rejoiced greatly, and it literally means Jesus bounced up and down like a, butt, a rubber ball. <laughs> he was so excited. That's what rejoiced. See, Jesus was crazy, man. He wasn't a calm Christian. He was a maniac. He would, I think if Jesus will offend us to no end, he came. In this church this morning, all that we're doing... All that yelling, I'm thinking, well, Lord, this is either you or it's not. I mean, I'm believing it's you, but I can see how somebody thinks this is craziness. 
You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I understand why people think this stuff's crazy. But to tell you the truth, how about Jesus bouncing up and down like a rubber ball? Does that sound crazy or what? You know, he was not tame guy. He was a wild guy. And he said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. Now, here's the key for you this morning. Okay? He has hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. God is saying, if you really want what He's offering, you are going to have to humble yourself. You are going to have to surrender yourself. You're going to have to come, become like a, 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 literally like an infant. Somebody who's helpless, who's dependent on somebody else to, to change his diapers, to carry him out the door, to put him in the car, to take care of him, feed him. That's pretty helpless, and that's pretty somebody who doesn't know anything. Babies don't know a whole lot. They know who loves them and who cares about them. And like my son said, is uh, talking about their little baby, everything's fine until her mama leaves because she smells her. When she's gone, she's mad. She knows where her life comes from. And the Lord is saying to people this morning, this river of fire is real. Okay, it's real, it's real, it's real. But you are going to have to become a little child to experience it. And if you don't become a little child, you will not experience it. Now, that's the truth. Because Jesus just said it. He reveals these things to infants. And God is calling our church right now for a whole other round of surrender and humility, getting low. A whole freshness on it. He was saying, listen, listen, y'all thought y'all had to get low a while back. I'm saying get low again. I'm saying surrender again. I'm saying humble yourself again. And guess what? After you've done it two or three weeks, guess what he's going to say? Two or three weeks after you've done it 18 times, get, do it again. Just keep doing it and keep doing it. If you will keep doing it, you will, God will keep revealing himself to you. That's, that's the only way. That's his way. That's the way he calls us into that, into that life of, of humility, which I believe will release the, the creativity. I believe it will release a friendship, relational thing that's so important in this age and, and release that vision that God wants to give people vision to be able to see this is where God is going. This is what God is building. This is how we're to do this. And here's the creativity to do it. Are y'all okay? Yeah, <laughs> yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. <clears throat> that was what Jesus said. He, he said, this pleases the Father to do this. So all you got to do you know, really, is all we have to do is humble ourselves and, and surrender to Him, to what He's doing. And so I've given you this witness this morning. What, see, that's what I want you to get. You're responsible for what God's revealed to you. That's what you're responsible for. You've got to be true to that. That's all you have. You have nothing else that matters. Nothing else matters. Your theology doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Now, it may help you along the line, but if you ain't got the truth of something that's really revealed to you, it's not going to do you no good, I promise you. God wants to reveal himself to you. That's what he wants to do. And he wants you to have a, a, a real, ongoing experience with him. Amen? So, here's two things I feel like the Lord showed me, that, and I don't know, I know in the first service several people responded to this, but I know the Lord spoke to me about people who have ear problems. Does anybody have ear problems in the room this morning? Raise your hand. Good. 
good meaning the Lord wants to touch her. And the other thing was stomach problems. Does anybody have stomach, any kind of stomach problem? See, the Lord showed me that earlier this morning about that. And uh, so that's one thing we want to do. Is the people who raise their hand, we want to get the ministry team in the place. He may have something on other words on healing. Um, yeah. I really want the Lord... I want you to, if you want to ask the Lord this to help release the fire on you, okay? That fire's real, man. It's good. I'm loving the fire. Anybody who wants the fire this morning? Anybody who wants creativity? Anybody who wants relationship? Anybody who wants vision? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on up here. We want to do that. Uh, if you need healing right now, those words of knowledge, come up right over here. Eric and Sherry, you guys pray for those, if you would. Um, God's going to open those ears right now. Uh, we need ministry team people up here standing behind people as they're getting prayed for. I just want to ask people coming up for prayer to step towards the stage as much as possible just to logistically come forward. And then ministry team, you need to be praying in pairs behind people one person behind so amen lord i felt like the lord spoke to me during the trumpet blowing with our voices and literally that god was rebuking a spirit of death and i really feel like if that's um if that's you i don't really know what that means it could be spiritually or physically but i really feel like the lord wants to take that off of you so need a few more people up here to pray and, and help help with the ministry. If you can just kind of come up here and maybe get behind the people that are being prayed for. And if anybody hasn't smashed that alabaster bottle of perfume yet that Andy was talking about, smash it before you go. Just smash it and release the aroma on the Lord. You take my 